If you're saying, I don't want to be married anymore, this video is for you. This is Coach Lee, and I'm going to talk to you about ways that you can bring back some of that want to in your marriage. And there's 10 points that I'm going to be making. Some of them will seem generic, but others will seem more complex and powerful. So watch the video all the way through to make sure that you get the most out of it. The first thing I'm going to talk about is looking at your marriage versus looking at your spouse. And what I mean by that is that sometimes the marriage can feel like it's a third party to the relationship. In other words, it's you and me and the marriage as though the marriage is its own entity or its own life form. And it's got its own complexities. And it's almost like an animal that the two of you can't control. And sometimes that can be an unhealthy way of looking at it. And instead of looking at it that way, look at it as though you're married to one person. And the way that you two interact, the way that your relationship ebbs and flows is because you two are different people and you're interacting and living with each other. I will get into this in another point, but sometimes we make things too complicated in relationships. We overanalyze. We turn it into a Rubik's cube of complexity and we often stop just simply looking at it as I'm with this person and I love this person. And you may not feel like you love them right now. That may be something you have to work back toward, but try to keep in mind that it often becomes more difficult and does not serve you well when you start looking at the marriage as though it's its own entity and you stop looking simply at this is the person who I love and I'm going to do my best to fulfill them and to be good to them. And if you can actually simplify it that way, you might just be surprised how much it helps and it can help a lot. Number two, positive versus negative experiences together. A lot of couples I speak to will admit that most of their time together is negative or at least a large portion of it. It is either arguing, bickering, discussing negative things like bills or disciplining children or just something that feels more stressful than anything. And based on research into marriage relationships, when there has been one negative experience, it takes at least six positive experiences to overcome that negative. And so that's why it's so important to focus on the positives, but also to avoid the negatives. You don't have to fight about everything. You don't have to argue about everything. You don't have to get things off your chest all the time. Do your best to take life one day at a time. You will not explode if you don't get this off your chest or if you don't tell them how you really feel about something, about how you're mad about something that they did or did not do. One of the best things that you could give your spouse, something that will make it where they don't want to leave and where you don't want to leave, is where you give them peace and they give you peace. And in a world of difficulty, you are the relief. And that's so important because a lot of times when I'm working with a couple, they both start to realize that most of their stress comes from each other and not the outside world, not the circumstances, not the kids, but from each other. And so when they start seeing that and they change their perspective and their role in this and they start being peace for the other person, they avoid needless fights and those arguments that come up, they just avoid them. They refuse to participate. They refuse to start them. Then you start eliminating so much of the stress in this person's life and the happiness just comes out. And it's really something that you experience together as a married couple. And a lot of people will say, I didn't want to be married before, but now I do want to be married. And it's mostly because we have made life together an oasis in the desert. We've decided this is going to be 
our place, this place where we exist together, be it home, a trip together, out to dinner, whatever we're doing, it's going to be relief from the world. It's going to be where we put our foot down and we say, we're not going to absorb all the negativity of the world. We're going to give each other something different. We're going to help each other to recover and to find joy and peace in a world of difficulty. And when two people decide to do that, so many other things fall into place, including wanting to be married. Before I get to number three, get my free mini course on saving a marriage. The link is in the description below, or you can go to marriageradio.com and under the marriage tab, you'll see free mini course. Get that course. It's powerful and it's free. And again, it's at marriageradio.com. Number three, is sex a priority? And I really mean that. People tend to see that as something superficial, but it's not. It is a specific way that was created for men and women to bond together and to connect. And it's one of the most powerful ways that you can communicate love. You are giving up something that can be incredibly beneficial to your relationship. Even if that's not high on your list right now, even if you are not wanting that to happen often or at all, if you will prioritize it and commit to it, you will find that you two will feel closer. That's almost a certainty. And it's definitely something that can be kind of that peace, that escape from the rest of the world to where you two just nurture each other and connect and feel that bond between the two of you. You may have to actually start having sex on a regular basis again before you actually start wanting it in just your day-to-day -day life. But it is something, there's plenty of research that agrees with this. If you will prioritize sex and you will commit to doing that together on a regular basis, quantity and quality, you will feel more connected. And it's very likely that you will start wanting to be married to your spouse again. Number four, is your focus right? Sometimes as human beings, we start just focusing on ourselves, on what we want, and we don't focus on the other person. And in a marriage, your job is to focus on the other person to fulfill them, to please them, to be good to them. And they should do the same to you. And sometimes if you two have gotten away from that and that's not happening, you may have to be the one to start it. You may have to be the one to break the pattern. And you may say, well, I've tried that before. Try it again. Try it along with these other things that I'm talking about. You want to pull out all the stops before you give up, before you just toss aside a marriage something so sacred. And so make sure your focus is on the person who is your spouse and that that is the key focus of your life is this other person. It's sort of like oftentimes parents will say that they never knew they could feel such joy from another person's happiness until they had children. And the same can be true with your spouse. You have never known joy until you experience joy from another person's happiness, from another person's fulfillment. And so if you can create that goal and that can be your focus, again, combine it with these other things, you will be amazed at the results and you need to take it one day at a time and see this is a marathon and not a sprint, but do these things and you will most likely get results. Number five, eliminate yelling. And this is similar to what I've talked to before. But the negative experiences, the emotional attacks, the verbal attacks, stop those. Don't raise your voice to your spouse. There's research that shows when you yell at someone, you damage the connection and the warmth that they feel for you. And you don't want to do that at all. 
You want to stop yelling. You want to make that something that's in the past. It's not going to happen again. And that you are careful when you speak to this other person. One of the reasons it's easy to yell at them is that you have intimacy with them, but you also have resentment and you have contempt because maybe some of the things they used to do that didn't bother you, bother you now. And that's actually because of intimacy that you have together. That's kind of how it works. But you need to, as a married person, focus on respecting the person you're married to, and to being careful with how you treat them, that you treat them warmly and tenderly. Again, that is going to be something that can really contribute to everything else, especially if you view it as something that between the two of you, you have as an escape from the world. You don't want yelling. You don't want angry outbursts and those kinds of things. It will take some relearning. It will take some discipline and some commitment to it. But the first thing that you can do today, right now, is to commit to yourself. You will stop the yelling. You will stop raising your voice in anger to your spouse. Just doing that, you will likely see a softening from them as well. And if they do yell at you and you've decided you're not going to yell at them, don't yell back. Calmly respond. And you can even say, I don't want us yelling at each other. Let's just not yell. Try to get that dynamic to where yelling is not acceptable and it's not something that you do to each other. You will be amazed at how much warmer things will feel and how much the connection will improve and the bond. You will feel like teammates instead of adversaries. And that is so important. Number six, try a classical marriage. If nothing else is working, what do you have to lose? And a classical marriage is simply where the husband is the protector and the provider. The wife is the keeper and the maintainer of the home. And the two people, the two spouses serve each other by providing those things for each other. And it can really simplify things. It can make the, the roles very clear cut where we're not both trying to do everything, but you take care of this and I take care of that. And you don't have to worry with my stuff. I don't have to worry with your stuff. And we serve each other that way. And that can really help with all these other things, but also with just not having the two of you bickering and at odds with each other because when things are simplified like they are in a classical marriage type situation, oftentimes couples report that without even intentionally trying to stop the amount that they're arguing or yelling, that that just comes along with it. And so if you haven't tried it, what do you have to lose? You might as well talk this over with your spouse and see if this is something that they're interested in. And a lot of times people are, even if they haven't talked about it. It's not possible for everyone but if you can apply some of that, it will be helpful most likely. Number seven, bring back date night. And I really mean this. Stick with me. Ideally, the husband would plan this out. He would be kind of the master of ceremony for date night. Maybe it can be a weekend night. Maybe it has to be during the week. Just pick a night and you focus on each other. You get dressed up if both of you enjoy that. You go to a nice place to eat or you just have a meal together at home or you watch a movie with popcorn at home. But it's a night for you and me, husband and wife, and we're going to make the most of it. We're going to celebrate this day out of the week. Again, you combine it with these other things and amazing things can happen. Before I get to number eight, remember my free mini course. The link is in the description below, or you can go to marriageradio.com and under the marriage tab, you'll see free mini course to save your marriage. It's free and it's very powerful for couples who are struggling. If you don't want to be married anymore, I suggest you go get that course. So finish watching this video and then get your free access. Number eight, make sure the two of you are meeting the emotional needs of the other. 
And there's some disagreement on what all needs should be on the list, but most people are going to have a good number that are on the list that we talk about. And of course, we're referring to a book by Dr. Willard Harley called His Needs, Her Needs. And those needs include affection, respect, sexual fulfillment, home or domestic support, recreational companionship. It means you play together. And again, at Marriage Radio, if you type in hobbies into the search bar, you're going to find a long list of hobbies that the two of you can do together. What you want to do is try to find 10 of those that you like and you want to do and ask your spouse to do the same and then see if there's any that are the same. And if there's not, pick 10 more out. And you're trying to find something that you both enjoy that you can do together so that you can be playmates, you can have fun together. That's a great way to really rebuild some of the bond and connection. And another one on the list that's very important is family commitment. And that's where it's mom, dad, and the kids. Because one of the most bonding experiences a couple can have together is parenting children. These are our children. We made them together. We share them. They are a combination of the two of us and they're precious in our sight. And it's a task. It's a mission that the two of you have raising these kids right to help them and love them. And doing that together is something that can really bring the two of you close together. And so if maybe family meals and things like that have gone by the wayside and you're not doing as much as a family, start doing those things again. Experience that with your spouse. It can make them want to be married again to you and it can cause you to want to stay married as well. Number nine is gratitude. Think about the positives in your marriage and just feel grateful that you have them because not everyone does. Not everyone, as a matter of fact, very few people actually have someone who stands by them, who's close to them, who they can confide in, who supports them and helps them. Look at the good things in your marriage, the things that you appreciate, and let those occupy your thoughts far more than the negatives. That way you can change some of your attitude and will take time, especially when you're working on yourself because we tend to look at our own actions, our own thoughts as justified. And so if you can try to be a little bit of a disciplinarian with yourself, take yourself off those negative thoughts and say, I'm going to think about the things I'm grateful for in my spouse. I'm going to think about the things I'm grateful for in my marriage. That's one of the most powerful things you can do as well. I feel like this list I could say that about every one of them, especially when you're doing all of these, there's a synergy there. It's like a rolling snowball. It just keeps compounding and getting bigger and more helpful. And you will start most likely to feel like you actually do want to stay married, to be married again. Number 10, simplify. Simplify your life. Simplify your expectations for the marriage, at least temporarily. Simplify your expectations for your spouse. A lot of the problems with modern marriage is that we have put far too much on the relationship and we expect far too much out of it than it was ever intended to provide. And that goes back to one of the first things I mentioned is your relationship is with this person, not with some other entity that we call a marriage. And so let's not try to make a third person in this or a monster in this that's sort of its own. It's all really about this person in front of you, how you treat them, how you think about them. And so rather than expecting them to read your mind, or to always get everything right in terms of their words and actions, try to simplify your expectations. They are a flawed human being. They will never be perfect and they will never be what represents 100% of your happiness. They should not have that expectation put on them. And when you take that off where you're not expecting that from them, it's actually a lot better for you as well because then you're not disappointed constantly. We tend to make unrealistic expectations and then we're disappointed when they don't happen. And so whereas I'm not trying to say set the bar really low, I am kind of saying set the bar lower. Just simplify. Don't expect 
as much out of the marriage and the experience and the magic moments and all that as much as you focus on being a good spouse to your spouse and you focus on having small positives as well as big positives, but you're not trying to have everything that happens say something about your relationship. If there's something bad, that doesn't mean that the marriage is doomed or that you two aren't compatible or that your soulmate's out there somewhere. That's not what that means. If you stop looking at negatives as though there's some secret code to tell you that your marriage is terrible, that will be helpful. But try to simplify. Simplify your life, simplify your relationship, and do your best to just take it one day at a time. Again, get my free mini course at marriageradio.com. This has been Coach Lee, and as always, thank you for watching.